All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Riggo's Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings along with co-hosts Jacob Kamaker and Nathan Britton. Last week, we were joined by Ken Johansson talking the Redskins roster. This week, we're switching it up. We've had a lot of Redskins-centric guests on, but today, we've got Travis Steffen. Uh, he's with KC Kingdom, uh, and he's here to talk about our quarterback, Alex Smith. Travis, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I remember last time we talked, Smith was uh, traded to the Redskins. That was obviously a whirlwind week, and uh, today things have settled. And obviously, reports are positive about Smith uh, with the Redskins, but they're always going to be positive in the offseason. So, Travis, we got you here. You know about Smith more than we do. Uh, You were around him for so many years in Kansas City. So, uh, I guess to start out, let's get a rundown from you. What kind of player are we getting in Alex Smith? You know, what does he bring to the table? What are his uh, strengths at first? What are his weaknesses? Just give us a quick rundown. A quick rundown, I would say you're getting probably one of the best quarterbacks when it comes to reading defenses before the snap. You know, that, and we saw the tempo of the offense slow down a little bit when Alex Smith came to town. They did a little bit of a faster tempo in his first year, and then each year progressively slowed down, giving Alex Smith more time to read defenses. He's really good at knowing where he's going to go with the ball before the snap. After the snap, it's a little shakier on his reads, but... I honestly I think that Alex Smith is one of the better quarterbacks in this league. I I don't think that he should be in the talks of like top five, maybe even top ten, but he's right around just past the ten mark. I think that he's an above average quarterback. He can take even minimal talent to the playoffs. He's had kind of limited success in the playoffs, whether that's with Kansas City or San Francisco. But regular season wise, especially, I think that he's phenomenal player it's just you got to play to his system you got to find the kind of players to fit what he does best and honestly if you can get some speedy receivers a good running back that can also catch out of the backfield and a good tight end to go along with that you got all the things that will get Alex Smith going early you just went right down the line checking off boxes and you know I smiled (laughs) when I heard that we'll get into uh position groups and uh his supporting cast in a little bit but you mentioned his playoff woes I think his wasn't his record one in four with the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs or something like that uh okay cool so in terms of his playoff woes are those always on him like is it a mix of both or is there something he doesn't do in the playoffs is he just one of those quarterbacks who hasn't been able to get over the hump uh well it's definitely not all on Alex Smith. That's that's for sure. Um, he does carry some of the blame. And, of course, a lot of fans, you know, with Kansas City, you had fans that hated Alex Smith and you had fans that thought he was the best quarterback in the league. There wasn't really much in between. So I, whenever covering Alex Smith, I always got I got called on both sides. You know, I'm, I'm in that in-between area. I think that he had his struggles in the playoffs, especially these last two years. He started off really hot against Tennessee this last year. And then in the second half, it, it just kind of fell apart. And, you know, a lot of the blame goes on Alex Smith, but the defense was what really fell apart in the second half. Uh, just letting Tennessee run the ball all day long. But I think that when it comes to Alex, there's certain coverages, especially with the Steelers. The Steelers always gave him trouble for some reason. Uh, You know, and it was kind of simple cover two or masking like you were going to be in cover two. But honestly, with Smith, you know, everyone likes to say he doesn't like to throw the ball deep. And you see some of that come to light in the playoffs. I think he's a little less worth taking the risk going deep in the playoffs but play not to lose or something 
Yes, you know, he, he, he gets called a manager a lot. So it's about 50-50 with him and our playoff losses over the last few years because he's definitely been a part of it, but definitely not the entire reason. Yeah, and Travis, you're ta- you've been talking about uh, Smith's performance in the playoffs and focusing on Smith. And I want to segue a little bit uh, away from Smith for just a second and talk a little bit about his supporting cast and the types of players to surround him with that you briefly mentioned that can help him to make him a success. I'm curious as to what you thought of Smith's supporting cast during his time in Kansas City. I think last year he probably had the best unit he had. Starting wherever you want on that side of the ball, um, what are the biggest weapons that Alex Smith needs to be a successful quarterback? The most successful unit he had was this last year. I mean, you got guys like Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, Travis Kelsey at tight end, Kareem Hunt, who led the league in rushing yards last year as a rookie. He needs a good run game to get going and to kind of take some of that pressure off. If you have a good, big tight end that can go up and get those passes and get open, and then at receiver, it's usually kind of a speed like Tyreek Hill. Not necessarily your big wide receivers like Chris Conley in Kansas City. He's not going to throw a lot of those 50-50 balls for those kind of guys. So the speed at the receiver, a running back that can catch out of the backfield, those are what's going to give him the most success. With the Chiefs, um, Smith's offensive line, uh, can you just give me an idea of how that unit performed and uh, whether or not you think the move to the Redskins will be an upgrade for him in terms of protection? Well, I'm going to be honest, I don't know what your guys' offensive line looks like. but Last year did not look good. Didn't look good? Well, you guys also had one of the most injured teams in the league, didn't you? When they're healthy, they're good. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, when they're healthy, they can be really good. Okay, yeah, the the Chiefs have, I'd say, about an average line. Uh, There's some question marks. You got our center was hurt last year, and we always had uh, Fulton to step in on any of the three interior spots, but he's gone to Houston. So we got our center coming back from an injury, which is kind of up and down. But left guard was probably the area that was the weakest. We got pretty good tackles in Eric Fisher and and Schwartz, but that interior at the left left guard position, has been kind of the issue but the part about Alex Smith when it comes to the offensive line if he starts getting rattled if he starts getting hit early in games he will take too many steps back and so he will be stepping back into the tackles lanes and so it'll look like your tackles are allowing him to get hit or having a poor game when in reality Alex Smith is taking seven steps back when he's already in the shotgun. Right, and I think that's one of the big points with Smith is that if he gets hit and if he gets rattled, he might not have a great game. I I tend to think when looking at the Chiefs' offensive line from last year and comparing it to the Redskins' line, I think the Redskins, if healthy, are going to be a slight upgrade solely because they have Trent Williams, who's one of the best left tackles in the league, and uh, Morgan Moses and Brandon Sheriff on the right side are very, very strong players. So um, I think that might end up working well for Smith in Washington. And based off the assessment, I think you would probably agree. Yeah, I, I think if they can keep him from getting rattled, especially early in the game, you know, getting hit multiple times, I think you guys will be fine. But it is whenever he gets those early hits, you know, consistently that he starts getting rattled. Uh, he'll step up and, you know, take his eyes down and start running too early or abandon the pocket too early. But overall, he, you know, he's if your tackles can kind of keep those edge rushers to the outside, he'll be good. He was actually one of the, I think, the best uh, clean pocket passer in the league last year. 
Yeah, Travis. Um, they, they're talking about comparing the offensive lines. I want to look more on the individual weapons. I've noticed from my time watching Alex Smith is he's had his greatest success when he's had a strong running game and a strong, reliable receiver. He had Frank Gore in his prime for most of his career. He gets Kareem Hunt last year out of nowhere. Uh, Sharkhandrick West was pretty good for a while. Jamal, or I'm blanking on another guy's name. Jamal but Charles. Jamal Charles, yeah, yeah, he was very good there. The Redskins have kind of lacked having a true number one back, or at least a productive one. They go out and get arguably the best back in the draft this year, uh, not named Saquon Barkley. Talk to me a little bit about how Geis compares to Kareem Hunt in terms of running the ball, in terms of receiving out of the backfield, and what he's going to do to help Smith continue to grow. Yeah, and there were, there were games where if you follow Andy Reid, Every year he has multiple games where he completely goes away from the run game, and it blows my mind why, but he's always been a passing play caller. And even with the lead rushing running back in the league last year, there were multiple games, I'd say probably four or five, where Kareem Hunt had less than 10 carries last year. And um, I think one of those games was against the Jets where Alex Smith actually had his best game. I think he threw four touchdowns, a little over 300 yards, but all four of those touchdowns were deep passes. And he was forced to keep up with the Jets because the defense couldn't stop him. So he can do well if you don't have a running game. Of course, it depends on your weapons on the outside and at the tight end position. But I think that, you know, everything I've heard about your guys' running back you guys just drafted, I, I think you guys should be fine. Yeah, and I'm glad you touched also on um, the tight end and the outside receivers because Throughout his career, Alex Smith has had Vernon Davis, and he reunites with him here in Washington. And then you had Travis Kelsey, who's another, he's a top-tier guy in the league. It, him and Gronkowski, it's a toss-up year in, year out. He he comes with Jordan Reed, who has kind of had injury problems, and who knows what you're going to get out of him. But right next to him, you have Jameson Crowder, who's a slot receiver, who's sure-handed, quick, able to get in and out. He already has discussed how he loves Jameson Crowder. He's easy to read as a quarterback. And then you look at last year, you had Tyreek Hill. And mm-hmm. he loses that, but we bring Paul Richardson in, who's a little bit less solidified as an elite deep threat, but he has all the potential. I, I, I don't see why Alex Smith should necessarily change what he did last year and his success with the deep ball. I mean, PFF had him as the number one deep passing quarterback in the league last season. I mean, you take a step back from Tyreek Hill, but the weapons are, are awesome here. Oh, I completely agree. Um, now, with Alex Smith, his two best years in his career are when the team that he's playing for is drafting a quarterback. It happened with Kaepernick. happened with this last year with Mahomes. But when it comes to having that elite talent, yeah, you're not going to have Tyreek Hill, but he still had a lot of success with the deep ball not going to Tyreek Hill. I can't remember the exact number that PFF put out, but he still had over 100 passer rating when throwing the deep ball not to Tyreek Hill. One thing I also saw today, and it's not verified, but I saw on Twitter just float around that there are specu- there's speculation that the Redskins could be looking to part with Jordan Reed after the season because he's got a, a heavy cap number. When he's on the field and he's ready and he's good and he's healthy, he's one of the best there is in separation. He, he's a matchup nightmare. He can take over a game. But again, you, you get him. I think he's only played 13 games a couple times in a season. He's constantly hurt, constantly has nagging injuries. How dependent on tight ends is Alex Smith? Will he be able to get by when they take a regression to, say, a Jeremy Sprinkle or an aging Vernon Davis? Or can he get by with, you know, a guy who's not yet proven himself in Josh Doxson, but we've seen the potential, a guy like Jameson Crowder, uh, you know, the step back from Tyreek Hill that is Paul Richardson? I, I think he'll be fine. I, I really do. Even even if Reed goes down with an injury early on, you know, you you look at the first couple of years that Alex Smith was in Kansas City, he didn't have Travis Kelsey. He he had a a rotation of, you know, kind of mediocre to less average tight ends. So he didn't really, like, you look at 2013, 
it was a year after we had just gone two and twelve. We got the first pick in the draft, and we went with a left tackle. His weapons in the playoffs game, and that was his best playoff game actually, was in 2013 with limited help around him against the Colts. He went 30 for 46 with four touchdowns, and his weapons was Donnie Avery, Dwayne Bow, Dexter McCluster. Uh, Jamal Charles only had three touches because he got hurt. So Niall Davis comes in, he gets hurt. So at one point you had the third string running back. But his tight ends that game, I think, was, I want to say Anthony Fasano. It was was a like tight end like that, that it wasn't a big name. It wasn't a guy that is even starting somewhere else. So if Reed goes down and he is already establishing that relationship with Crowder, I think he'll be fine. That's good stuff. Now, you keep mentioning Andy Reed. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about Andy Reed as an offensive mind? Because I'm not over here in Washington, D.C. You know, we know Jay Gruden is, uh, he's an established offensive mind, but, you know, kind of uh, measuring how Smith might adjust from Reed to Gruden, you know, it's it's a little hard to see right now. So how did Reed, how did Smith fit Reed's scheme? How might he not have? With Andy Reed, he likes to... And you you hear a lot about Reed going back and watching quarterbacks in college. He finds what they're most comfortable with, sits down with the quarterback, goes over their college film, goes over the playbook before the season, and finds out what they're comfortable with, run it in practice. If they don't like it, throw it away. Uh, With Smith, like I said, he slowed it down for Smith. Unlike Vic and McNabb, where they were a little more fast tempo, he slowed it down for Smith knowing that he can – read the defense better before the snap. That is his probably biggest ability with him. But the the transition, it really all just depends on how Gruden wants to run his offense. You know, Smith does better with, you know, some screens involved, the quick throws in the slants or uh, stuff like that. But, you know, he has gotten a reputation for being a checkdown king. Now, last year was a little bit of an exception. But if you can have a running back in the flat just in case, that's where you're going to you're going to see a lot of bread and butter for Alex Smith. Andy Reid, the issue with Andy Reid is it's not that his he's not this genius play caller cuz he is. He he creates amazing plays when you watch the film and watch it from the all 22. There are some amazing plays in there. But a lot of times what he'll do is since he's also the play caller, that's where he gets in trouble. He tries to control too much. So I don't I don't know what your situation is in Washington, but you know, like I said, Andy Reid is the head coach. He's the pretty much offensive coordinator slash play caller. Uh, he's the time manager. Too many things going on at once. If whoever's calling the plays in Washington and that is their sole responsibility, and they're revolving this around Alex Smith's strengths, I think that he could have a great season, even if you know some of these guys go down, or even if you don't have the elite talent like Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. One quick thing, because I know Gruden, uh, when he was with Cousins, he'd always push Cousins to throw the ball deep and kind of take those chances. Was Reed, was there a, a big case of Reed pushing Alex Smith to do the same, or was it just kind of like do what you're comfortable with? Or uh, what, what were the bounds of Reed's influence on Smith in that regard? I think Reed kind of just played to it. I think he played to whatever Alex Smith was comfortable instead of actually pushing him. A good example of this last season, you know, there was a stretch after that Steelers game where we just fell off the face of the earth. You know, Alex Smith was coming out the first five games looking like an MVP candidate, and then we play the Steelers, and he got rattled against the Steelers. I Like I said, I, I don't know what it is about the Steelers, but it just sends him into a funk for the next few games. And 
whenever I think it was starting with the Jets game uh, later in the season, like I said, that was probably his best game. That was like really his first game back to getting back to it. And that was also whenever reports started circulating that offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, who's now the Chicago Bears head coach, started taking over play calling. And it seemed like Nagy was the one pushing him to push the ball downfield. To They started uh, running only deep passes, passing routes in practice, getting him comfortable again. And so, yeah, I think if, if they can push him, I think he sometimes he does need it. Yeah, and Travis, you, you talked about, you just talked about how Smith had kind of a season last year where it looked like an MVP candidate and then sort of regressed towards his average. And um, I think that had a lot to do with uh, the organization electing to move on from him and uh, making Patrick Mahomes their starter for the upcoming season. I guess my question to you now is, uh, what did you think of the move to draft uh, Mahomes back in 2017? And what are your expectations for him this season and beyond? Oh, I love Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, uh, I think it was after the Steelers game, Steelers lost in the playoffs that previous year. I started looking at some of the prospects at quarterback. You know, I, I wasn't really expecting the Chiefs early on in that offseason to draft a quarterback in the first round. You got to realize I'm 27 years old. This is the first time the Chiefs have drafted a quarterback in the first round in my lifetime. We have we've taken backups or quarterbacks at the end of their careers my whole life. So yeah, I was yeah, I'm not used to that at all. And I think all of Kansas City is kind of treading new water. We're not really sure what to expect, but the hype is huge around Patrick Mahomes. I think that uh, he was the best quarterback in that draft. I know that Watson came out looking really good in Houston before going down with that injury. But I think Patrick Mahomes brings a lot more arm talent to the table. I think that given his supporting cast, you know, we talked about what Alex had last year. We'll now add Sammy Watkins to the mix, and I don't see why or how Patrick Mahomes can struggle this year. I'm, I'm sure he'll make his mistakes. You know, this is practically his rookie year. But from all the reports, you know, I just wrote up a piece on Casey Kingdom, you know, going over all the stuff that's been talked about this offseason about Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, with the trading away of Marcus Peters and Peters comments about Mahomes not being ready, a lot of people started to get scared. You know, we had already traded Alex Smith at that point. But then you start seeing reports from members in the front office saying that Mahomes was basically practicing with practice squad receivers against the starting defense and he was torching I think that was the actual word they used was torching Marcus Peters and looking off Peters and Barry and all those guys so I have high high expectations yeah Travis we talk a lot about what Alex Smith can do on the field who is he like as a leader in the locker room I mean you know the last quarterback here I'm a Kirk Cousins guy but there was a lot of reports that get floated out there that teams kind of get sick of the corny act and i know i do too i mean i saw you see all the tweets all the instagram posts he drives that stupid van and <laughs> you, it just it it gets worn out who's alex Smith as a leader you know he doesn't have he doesn't have social media so he's not going to be that guy he uh in his introductory press conference said you know i'm not here for the workout videos i just want to go out and, and work with the guys and, and get better and then now i don't know who, who got these pictures but there's pictures of him at the beach he's underwater he's carrying this just massive rock running with it underwater he's doing all that stuff so how does he flow within the locker room is he a guy that's going to be a more vocal leader is it kind of just a silent presence you just you know when he walks in the room and you know that that's the guy I think that when it comes to outside the team, I think you're going to see a little more of that kind of calm, quiet portion of Alex Smith. You're right. He doesn't do the social media stuff. Uh, he's always very calm and collective when in interviews. But 
I, I personally obviously have not seen him in the locker room, but when you look at some of the reports when he was traded and look at the respect that he got, you look at what Marcus Peters said when talking about Mahomes and the trading of Alex Smith. Marcus Peters is one of the best cornerbacks in this league, and he flat out said that Alex Smith does not get the respect that he deserves. So you got guys circling around Alex Smith. He is a great leader in the locker room, and he commands those guys. Now, you know, I don't like I said, I don't know the Redskins roster as well, so I don't know who your loud leaders are. I don't think he's that big screaming before the game, getting everybody pumped up, but he will lead the locker room. That's good to hear because since 2012, we've had the reports floated of the power struggles, guys losing the locker room. People getting, you know, sick of the act, sick of, you know, where is he going? What's the money like? Who, who takes the blame? So it's good to know that you have a guy who's going to be in there and be a true leader of the team. And this team, they have the potential talent-wise. Um, Jay Gruden's coming to his own. I think Jay Gruden and, and Andy Reid are cut from the same cloth. I think Jay Gruden has, you know, he's newer. He's, he's kind of a fresher face. So I think that perfect marriage for them. So I'm excited. It's interesting that, Travis, that you bring up uh, the outpouring of respect that Smith got when he was traded because, you know, Kirk Cousins, when he left, when he signed that uh, guaranteed contract with the Vikings, he didn't get a lot of that. And it, it, it speaks volumes what your teammates say about you and uh, stuff like that. And the Chiefs definitely gave him that respect. And early on, we're seeing a lot of the Redskins players saying the same things. And, you know, I think he'll mesh well, but I'm a little biased there. So the biggest takeaway I got from uh, all these talking points is it's a good thing that we don't play the Steelers this year. That's the biggest takeaway, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff, Travis. Now we're going to we're gonna wrap it up here. The Rigo's wrap up here, just going to go around the table, say one thing each. Uh, first off, Travis, I, I want to ask you a question because uh, it's been a while since it happened, but uh, Kendall Fuller is a Kansas City Chief. How's he doing up there? How are you guys using him? Well, it, everything sounds pretty good. I'm I'm interested to get to training camp and to watch him in preseason because, you know, I know that he was, uh, especially by Pro Football Focus, the best slot corner last year. There have been reports on whether he will stay in that slot presence. Um, personally, I'd like to. I'd like him to move around. They have another cornerback that's pretty good in the slot named Steven Nelson. So I think that whenever Fuller travels to outside, I think you move Steven Nelson inside. And I would like to see Fuller kind of travel. We didn't get to see Marcus Peters travel. I don't, I don't know if that was Marcus Peters or if that was Bob Sutton, the defensive coordinator. But I would like to see a little more moving around and sticking with some of the top receivers. All right. Nice, nice. Nathan or Jacob, you guys got anything you want to say? Um, yeah, I'll jump in here. Um, I just want to say, Travis, I completely agree with your assessment of Patrick Mahomes. Um, I actually had him as the top-rated quarterback on my big board in 2017. Had him above Trubisky and Watson. So I am very much looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform. And, you know, he's my, he's a guy I might take a flyer on in fantasy, too. And uh, <laughs> straying away from football, and uh, just, just for a moment, I want to uh, extend my uh, gratitude to LeBron James for signing with the no. Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> um, I'm very happy to see him out of the Eastern Conference so that the Celtics can now have a window into that number one seed. And, you know, hopefully the Washington Wizards, maybe they'll be able to get Boogie Cousins and maybe it'll be a Boston and Washington struggle there. Hopefully. I think we're just pretty much cemented towards the bottom. But, uh, you know, anything's possible, I suppose. 
Um, yeah, but Travis, before we go, I just want to, I just want to ask, um, touching on Patrick Mahomes again, you know, we see what Alex Smith can do outside of the pocket. He's got a little bit of mobility to him. Patrick Mahomes is, is more so, um, and he's got that rocket arm. How different do you see the Kansas City Chiefs offense this year with, you know, the read option ability of Kareem Hunt and Patrick Mahomes, the cannon and Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes running on stuff. Do you think that there's going to be sort of a learn? Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but do you think there's going to be a net gain or a net loss there for the offense this season? That's hard. Uh, I think the offense is going to look a lot different this year. You know, like I said, Andy Reid builds his offenses around who's starting quarterback, and Patrick Mahomes got. I think it was good for him to sit for a year. Um, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, his best ability is his maneuvering in the pocket. Uh, he's got great, great field vision. Uh, obviously, the great arm. But all of his reads come after the snap, unlike Smith. So he got to sit behind Alex and kind of get learn the you know before snap reads stuff like that. But with Mahomes, man, honestly, I could see him going above what Alex Smith did last year. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, want to say you know kind of calm down on the hype train. But you know, you you look at what he can do. Look at the weapons he has. I don't think there's anything really he can't do. You you got. Uh, Players like Aqib Talib even mentioned how he could be rolling right and throw completely across his body deep left. There's yeah. no part of the field that is not open for him. Now, I think he will throw more interceptions. I mean, I don't, I don't see Mahomes getting five, only five interceptions this year, especially being his first year. But I think that that year sitting behind Smith really helped. Yeah, for sure. I can. I agree. I, I like Mahomes. I'm excited to watch him for many years. Yeah, so Travis, uh, anything on your mind to close it out? The floor is yours for just a couple seconds. We're almost out of time. But on the Chiefs, if you want to get a shout-out to a player player who's not getting respect or final thoughts on Alex Smith, the floor is yours. Uh, as far as players not getting enough respect, I could probably think of one on each side of the ball. Uh, surprisingly, Chris Jones, the defensive end for the Chiefs, uh, you know, he, he a lot of people thought that he kind of took a step back in his second year when really it was just him and Justin Houston along that front front seven. Um, they didn't really have anybody else to get to the quarterback. You had Frank Zombo on the other side, who's really just a kind of contained backup. Um, so he saw a lot of double teams. I thought he really honestly was one of the best defensive ends in the league last year. Uh, I think he need. I think Bleacher Report even put out a thing that you know he needs to get a little more hype. And then on the offensive side, I got to go with Chris Conley. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't think that Chris Conley's fast, but it, he's not the Tyreek Hill fast. He's he doesn't have the ability to you know get rid of his cornerback right off the bat. It takes a little more time for him to get to full speed, and he's obviously more of a kind of 50-50 ball guy, and I think he's going to, you know, we saw him get a little more uh, before he went down with an injury last year. It was starting to look more hopeful for him. Smith used him on a lot of third downs, um, but I'm, I'm interested to see what he will do with Mahomes, someone that will actually kind of take those chances, but I, I am really excited to see how Alex Smith does in your guys' system. I think that, you know, if they can, like you said, he was already – working with Crowder a lot and developing that relationship. I think that's fantastic. He's always been a guy that has a favorite, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, 
it's like a parent that you're not supposed to have that favorite child. Well, if the receivers are children, he has his favorite children. It, it, there's no doubt about it. It was Macklin for a while, uh, even Albert Wilson there for a little while uh, before he went to Miami this offseason, and then, of course, Tyreek Hill. But, you know, there, there's definitely going to be some favoritism. But if he can get in there early with Crowder, especially a slot guy, perfect. Awesome. I, I love to hear that. And uh, we'll be looking out for the Chiefs. Uh, this coming season, they've got some competition in the Chargers coming up, but I think they can make some noise in the AFC West, and hopefully Alex Smith meshes well. Uh, Travis, we want to thank you for having you on. Guys, if you want to follow Travis, he's on Twitter, writes for KC Kingdom, some great stuff there. Unfortunately, though, we're out of time. Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to check out our later podcasts coming up. Thanks for listening. Peace out, guys. Have a good night.